The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Hi, this is Sue Rose Minahan of Talk Cosmos. Once again, we meet and welcome all of you listening. Talk Cosmos, discover the meaningfulness of our roots and stars, and how to implement your free will through understanding how we reflect cosmic astrology. It observes and recognizes cycles. Those forces of the cosmos give us a sense of universal order because cycles relate to us living here on the physical plane. And as an ancient new hermetism, as below as above, as within as without. So talk cosmos, we ask, what are these root intentions of this star language? How do we find greater meaningfulness of the astrological archetypes to know ourselves, to use our free will consciously for our highest good? What are archetypes? Well, Carl Gustav Jung, a great psychologist, coined the term, and it represents the symbolic patterns that we humans embraced and continue to embrace through collective unconscious experience. So today continues on the focus of Taurus, an earth sign. It embraces Venus, the planet Venus, and the goddess. The Greeks called the goddess Aphrodite, and the Romans Venus. It's a sign of the bull, and it's a second horoscope house of the 12 zodiac signs. Energetically, because astrology is energy, Taurus follows the Aryan, that fire energy of pure directed movement and action. But Taurus, the energy integrates spirit into matter, into a solid form. It's fixed because energy never is destroyed. It only changes. Represented by the bull, Taurus signifies our endurance to survive life. So today, we're looking at what breaks it, makes it, or even better yet, what remakes it, because the best is to survive, to thrive. So we might ask, what seed do we grow? What relates to our intentions, our meanings? Because Taurus is the form, our body, our senses, our talents. It represents earth, life, growth, resources, self-reliance so that we can have our resources and live. Our finances, that's our, our empowerment of, of, and the, well, of resources. Cyber currency and how they're dedicated. With all of this, I am really pleased and honored to welcome Petra Tauschert of Petra Tauschert Astrology, who's an evolutionary astrologer from Sonoma County, California. She gives readings. You can see it on our site. Go to talkcosmos.com. Petra is a writer and artist of an heirloom magic blog, new moon and full moon newsletter, 
creates Astro Books and a master gardener. I'm very pleased to say, hi, Petra. Hi, Sue. <laughs> Here we are. Yes. Thanks so much for having me. Happy Taurus season. Oh, indeed. You know, the mere fact of what your interests are really signifies such a deep uh, energy of of Taurus, you know, the gardening and, and your interest in uh, Bitcoin, which we'll get to later. You know, I, I am on the big island, and I, I did feel the earthquake. I was there, as a matter of fact, on uh, Kilauea uh, Thursday morning. And as I was going over, you know, I saw the hills and the lava sprouted with all kinds of grass. I was so amazed. And I stopped in Waimea, a little spot halfway over to the other side near Hilo, and at an artist spot, and mentioned it. And he said that it just sprouted up. The rain, it has rained so much this year. And why am I signifying this? It's because, once again, of our, you know, of the earth. At any rate, I would love to hear about con uh, ideas, or you are a master gardener. I hardly know what to ask. But I know, well, I know you're gardening all day, so I'm quite in tune with all of this, this time of the year. You know, and when I think about Taurus, and it's, it's really, you know, the Aries bursts into the scene, into the scene. We come into the body with, I mean, we come into beingness with Aries, the spark of I am. And it's such a bright burning fire, but then we need somewhere to put it. So with Taurus, we come into this good, solid container of clay for that spark of life. And then Taurus now wants to literally go out and plant a garden. <laughs> that, I love that analogy. That is totally visual yes and thus Taurus really lives in the body the intelligence of Taurus is it's a sensual intelligence all the five senses are activated and you know it's the love of nature and the love of self is a part of nature I and mean, it's it's the good parts of life it's Aries what is what gets us here and Taurus is what makes us want to stay you know we're seduced by all the fertile and feckin beauty that's everywhere it's irresistible it's absolutely true. I know when I first realized that a flower, that beauty of it, gives us that moment to actually meditate on something without change. Just that essence to just go into another dimension. And without words, too. You know, Taurus yes. doesn't need a lot of words. It's really just this kind of still point of existence, this sustaining, this enduring and, you know, when you look at the glyph, it's not just a bull's head. It's also the womb with the fallopian tubes. So it doesn't get any more fertile than Taurus. That's right. That's, yes. And it's also the sign of art and music. So once you're in this body, you're like, well, let's contribute to the beauty. And so whether it's through some sort of gardening, you know, for food or gardening for beauty or singing or writing music, whatever it is, you know, that's, it's, it's adding to the best parts of life. And beauty in itself with the golden ratio. It, exactly. All kinds of wonderful uh, uh, 
documents. I Well, the whole idea that we're attracted to that beauty, which is really, going back to mythology, I realized that Venus and Mars did unite. They had a great attraction for each other, and their child Harmonia was the harmony, you know, the harmony between, because they're on either side of us. Mm-hmm. So it's a, that love factor. It helps with all of the, well, if we don't have love, without love, how can we really think or direct our actions without compassion? And so true. You know, I have a question mm-hmm. because I know, you know, I read something that was talking about trees, an article, mm-hmm. and it was saying that, Trees sleep. In other words, their clock is attached to the sun. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it makes sense. And that all plants have this internal clock, you know, that we're all united through nature on this uh, essence of light. And thinking about it, because in some ways you think, well, of course they are. But then again, we are too. You know, it is just part of the nature of life. Wondering, gee, I wonder if they dream, which is rather a silly question, but you know, really, but they well, regenerate, you know, they communicate too, and they take care of each other. There's been studies done where um, the trees, through their roots, through the mycorrhizae in the forest, if a tree is suffering, other trees will send energy to that tree, like literally nutrients and you know whatever it is that that tree needs to make it. How wonderful! That's so supportive. That's really <laughs> the best picture, isn't it? Yeah. You know, Taurus is is about resources, but it's it's about how we generate our resources. And it includes any natural born gifts that we come in, our natural talents, and that enables us to generate more resources. It is productivity. It, that's very well put because of the very fact of fertility. Of course, you know, I hadn't quite keyed into that idea that, of uh, propagating our own talents but it is yeah exactly that's a good phrase yeah I love that yeah and it's also about you know it's what we value and it's our own self-worth it's our own self-esteem how do we value ourselves and it's the sign of sensuality it's also the sign of sexuality and it speaks to being you know Venus is the ruler of Taurus it's also the ruler of Libra And the difference there is that Venus is the sign of self, I mean, Taurus is the sign of self-love. And Libra then becomes the sign of love with another. So Taurus is where we're really filling up our own cup. Like our relationship to nature, our relationship to spirit, to God, whatever you want to call it. Just being and existing and pulling in just that joy. And once that cup becomes full, that's when we then can go to the polarity point of Scorpio where we merge with another who's also ideally been filling up their own cup of resources. And then we come and we merge and we share. And then after that has been expressed, everybody retreats back to refill their own cup, to have another round of Taurian self-love. Well, this is true. This is true. Or if a person finds that they've stayed too much with their own resources, they better reach out and (laughs) share the That's right. (laughs) But then, I'm also doing a different study, and his approach shed light on the idea that, because you're absolutely right, Venus with the Libran idea it can be where people may think that they're getting fulfilled through the other, and the Taurus part of Venus is so strong to tell us just what you said, 
fill our own cup, learn the self-love, have that relationship, that sacred relationship. We're the best person that we'll ever really get to know if we spend the time at it. It's true. And then we can really exchange without asking because there is that complimentary factor, but we won't, we won't deny ourselves a activity because, oh, somebody else will do it for us. No, we can experience and meet it. So filling that cup, I love again. Well, and it's the pulse of life too. It's like the in breath is the Torian part where you're like filling and then the out breath is where you do the exchange. And neither one is the answer. You know, we really need both. So we go back and forth between those two poles endlessly till we take our last breath. And that gets to the body, which we've both been talking about, and plants for the body and the whole process of working in the earth, that entire experience of getting, touching, feeling, being part of it. That's really an essential part that in the city, Perhaps people, unless they have a pea garden or something, can or a potted plant in the house. Yeah, there's always some way. I mean, like the natural environment of tourists is clearly going to be the country, but that's not going to be where every tourist or strongly Torian archetyped person lives. But <clears throat> there's always a way. I mean, in New York City, there's Central Park. And like you said, there's windowsill gardens, potted plants, and there's always birds flying overhead. <laughs> Or walking around and pets and getting out and even if it's just a small amount of earth you can take those shoes off and get your feet in contact and it's a really good way to ground i mean taurian people are known for and beloved for being really grounded people so if you find that you're ungrounded and you need to activate that taurian archetype in yourself that's the way to do it take your feet off take your feet off take your shoes off yeah. <laughs> leave your feet on take your shoes off and go walk around Yes, that's right. Because being grounded lets that spirit, our spirit within, really unite with the whole of the planet and not, uh, and participate, participate as that united self, you know, of spirit with the body, because the body has its own language and we aren't quite trained in listening to it. So I think really getting out and working with plants and and nature you know, reminds us that we have ears to hear and eyes to see and feel well, the wind. The plants piece, too. I mean, we, we are in a time where we actually have the, quote, luxury of being detached from how connected we are to plants. You know, if it weren't for plants, we wouldn't be eating. We wouldn't have medicine. We wouldn't have homes to live in. And we wouldn't have food. So plants are everything to us. I like it. Yes. And so being a steward of that in any way, shape, or form, I mean, everything contains everything. So if what you have is a maidenhair fern on your little windowsill, you're still connected to the deepest part of life right there. You know, and I was reading, and I wish I knew just where it was, but that jet fuel even there's plant energy have you perhaps i should really yes i thought my goodness that's amazing yeah i'm going to have to circle that and and find out i have all these notes but i thought my goodness Uh, but it seems as though there's science in its way is really trying to of course change our 
relationship with Earth because we're I'm looking right now to see if I can find that. And indigenous plants, you know, indigenous plants, like here in Hawaii, there's a big article about the willy-willy tree, someone trying to protect it. And are indigenous plants stronger? Is that one reason? Because other plants, I mean, people have traveled all the time, and they, historically people bring plants with them from other parts of the world. So... Do you mean are indigenous plants stronger overall or in their indigenous site? In their indigenous site. I think that's the question. Thank you. Well, yeah. I mean, I think anything that's native is always going to be stronger because it's going to resonate with everything. But things can definitely naturalize. And people have, like you said, brought plants, plants with them wherever they've gone. And like here in Sonoma County, there's lots of plants that aren't originally from here, but they've naturalized so successfully that <clears throat> if you didn't know better, you would think they were natives. But there's nothing quite like a native. You know, when you really find something that's like, oh my gosh, this is its domain. This is everything to this plant. This is, you know, where it came into being and this is where it's the happiest. It is a very it's a beautiful thing, and the plants do make very strong medicine when you, you know, when you wildcraft them, so to speak. I, it is very true. It is very true. I remember an early hike we did here over on the Oahu, up through the forest with this, just a few of us, and a botanist, and he showed us the white hibiscus that that's natural to mm. Hawaii. I hadn't realized that. Yes, and there's something very sacred about that, and I. You know, well, again, there's few words sometimes because it is very uh, instinctive when it comes mm -hmm. to plants and all of it. But you're right. There is a, a reverence somehow of realizing that that was a integral to that location. Mm-hmm. It's part of the history and the medicine of the place. Yes. That's true. Well, I love this idea that the roots connect in a community I know that there's roots that bind together so that of course they keep the soil stronger and they won't blow over but the fact that they actually respond to each other and offer food just like I think I've seen that fish do that and or certain marine life and you know all kinds of nature it is this sharing that even plants offer us Mm-hmm. Well, we're all part of this one homeostasis. I mean, that's kind of what nature is, is everything is all woven together. And of course, things get out of balance. <clears throat> but there is a dynamic kind of reset. I guess that's Neptune, a Neptune archetype reference. But it feels like um, Taurus and Pisces or Venus and Neptune, those work very closely together, seeing as how Taurus or <laughs> Venus is the, you know, the lower octave. But yeah, it, I mean, that's what we're striving for is this harmonious systems functioning where everything is connected and watching out for itself. And Yeah, and it's hard not to bring in Neptune. I know I've realized that myself because it is nature <laughs> and Neptune is the greater. Well, there is a woman, uh, a physicist and thinker, Vandana Shiva. I was listening to a YouTube of hers, and she feels the planet's too powerful to die. But with that, she's saying it's stupidity that we're really working against the challenge. 
because are we going to let the water run out and take it from the poor or let the food run out and make fake food? You know, and that the very high cost of food, that um, food production's made to look cheap, but really, you know, all these issues. And well, the solution to that, of course, is to to be local, which is another Torian theme. Just what's right around you, like what's in season, and what's available. What doesn't need to be shipped across the planet on an airplane, and you know, freezing temperatures, and then sold not in its full glory like we need to rein in all of the options ultimately and just work with what's right in front of us what season where do we live what's in season what's ripe you know that's where the medicine is that's what brings things back into balance i like this in fact i've often thought of how smaller areas Seattle has outside of itself, outside of the city there on the eastern side, a lot of rural communities and and outside of Seattle, period. And these communities, how do they thrive? Well, in the Seattle area, extended, we're talking, you know, a couple hours away, in the farms, there's a lot of natural little farms that are making organic foods and milk and cheeses and a whole variety of hosts of foods and delivering them too Mm -hmm. and then there's also there's a mission that i in the basement started a hydrophonic farm to grow vegetables and they would for homeless people to help it's in relationship to work there to to farm this and then they to sell these uh, vegetables to restaurants i thought oh if we could you know, the perfect world, if we could have <laughs> that kind of activity more, as you say, local, you know, work on it right there in our own front yard. Yeah, I mean, everybody doesn't need to grow everything, but it doesn't take a lot to have a couple half wine barrels with your greens that you eat, you know, or like throw a cucumber in there or even a pumpkin vine, you know, like it's it's pretty... It's pretty low maintenance to do a lot of stuff. And if you then expand out to your neighborhood and everybody is doing some little micro version, but people don't, I mean, you only need one zucchini plant for a few families, you know, so don't yes, everybody grow zucchini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's but, collaboration. Everybody say, okay, I'll, I'll grow the peas, you grow the cukes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, necessity is what mandates what we do. And at this point, we still don't need to. But that is, you know, that's the direction that we're ideally headed. And it may be the direction at some point that we're headed, whether we want to or not. And so the more that we can connect to the Torian earth where we live and kind of understand <clears throat> what does grow well here, what is needed? Where where would I get the soil if I was going to grow something? You know, just start to kind of develop a relationship to the possibilities. Yes. And how to improve the soil. Mm-hmm. I know there was, in Seattle, a, a, a couple spent a lot of time putting more humus on the decay, sort of enrich it. And then the mm-hmm. food nutrients. And there's ideas, of course, of having far, not I don't know about farms, but gardens up on top of rooftops. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's possible. Well, back to the fertility and the concept of Taurus, of course, if if the neighborhood has a cow, then you have all kinds of great fertility. You have that poor-stomached, amazing, amazing being that is processing what it's eating 
And then boom, like there you go. A huge yeah. increase in fertility. The cities are creating more beehives and chickens. I know mm -hmm. that the cities are saying, well, should we have chickens? I almost thought of that where I live. But... Of course, if you're in India, they have cows just walking through the financial district. <laughs> well, that's, yes, <laughs> true, <laughs> right. Yeah, we will in a few minutes have a um, opening up the lines here for conversations because there's more that I want to talk with Petra about. Petra is quite an expert about cyber currency, an enthusiast. And yeah, I don't know if I'm an expert, but I'm an enthusiast. Enthusiast, all right. Well, that's <laughs> very good. And so I will just make an announcement now stating that at Oh, there it is. Okay, yes. In 15 minutes, or for 15 minutes, we open up the phone lines, and that'll be at the half hour. There'll be a little announcement. But just to prepare you right now, because it'll be a few moments, but our phone number here is 888-298-5569. You can share experiences, insights, ask an astrology chart question concerning our subject today, Taurus get a brief commentary from either or both of us. Again, my guest today is Petra Tauschert, and that number is 888-298-5569. So that's in a few minutes, but we do look forward to you joining in on our conversation because we are talking about Taurus, continuing about values and finances, life itself, how to survive and thrive. That's what we all want, and yet it really is, how do we reflect ourselves in that cosmos of living? And plants, it's everything around us. It's And the rocks, that was another thing. I was noticing the volcano, there was a sign about this instrument called a holoke. I hope I'm saying that right. Hoke, hokele rock, mm -hmm. hokele rock. And it's very sharp. But really, rocks were the very first tools, and they came out of the earth. And then sure. now we have, yeah, computers. So plants. <laughs> <Long> way, <baby. laughs> well, I was, actually, I was not done it. yet either. <laughs> well, this is true. <laughs> Thank you, Petra. Yeah. Um, there was a point I wanted to touch on as far as, you know, Taurus is, is famous for its stubbornness. Ah, yes. And that really arises from its fixed nature. And that's kind of the essence of its job. Taurus is here to sustain life. You know, the birth happens and then Taurus comes in as a fixed earth to just hold it and hold it and hold it and consolidate it and hold it. And sometimes Taurus does yeah. this so well that it doesn't know when to end things. True. And that's where Scorpio, the polarity point, comes in. So yeah. just interesting to always hold the dyad, you know, because... You can't ever have an archetype without the other archetype, really. No, I always felt like the strength of anything can go to the point of its weakness. And that's right. well, well put. <clears throat> and Scorpio understands that everything has a lifespan and that naturally there will be a point of exhaustion where the end comes. And so that's kind of where they connect. Because if it were up to Taurus, it would just keep on trucking. <laughs> and it is an access. Thank you for bringing that up. Petra, it's so true. We think of 12, but really in astrology, because 
as an audience. Many of you might be astrologers, I hope. And if you're not and interested, we love that too. And the fact is, is that those 12 interact with the opposite as polarities, just like Petra's saying. Well, I think at this moment we're going to have an announcement and call in that number, 888 Where in the heck? Sorry about this. 298-5569. All right. Thank you. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We're currently in the period of Taurus. By leaving a cycle based upon initiation, the energy of Taurus integrates spirit into a solid form of matter that is tangible and physical. It's an earth sign, concerned with self-sufficiency and the values to maintain the strength of a life form throughout its survival. Ciao and greetings to all you folks out there that have got enough curiosity to tune in to what's going on here. My name is Jeff Peters. I am the Lively Astrologer, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our consciousness. Hi, this is Sue again and Petra Tauscher of Sonoma County, and we're welcoming all your calls. So do feel welcome to just share what you're thinking. 888-298-5569. Both of us are astrologers, and we can answer a personal question on a brief commentary if you'd like. And so the phone lines will be open for 15 minutes and in the meantime we will continue because there's always a lot to talk about and Petra has I know more to share you know we you just brought up the fact of the fixity and the strength and the factor that Taurus wants to maintain and for the life survival thinking about our finances and cyber currency which is introducing a whole new paradigm uh, perhaps you want to share some thoughts on that well when you think about old-fashioned Taurus wealth it definitely was and to some degree still is going to be good old-fashioned gold and silver but now we are on the cusp of a whole new era Uranus is about to Taurus on this new moon that's coming on the 15th and that's the first time in 84 years that this combination will be happening so we've talked a lot about what taurus is and uranus is the great awakener it's the great change maker and it's the great elevator and it also represents technology and all things futurist so if you make a word problem out of that the equal sign leads one to think, you know, if cryptocurrency didn't already exist and wasn't part of the lexicon, you'd say some sort of digital financial currency. So here we are, it does exist, and it is still very new. And there's definitely a lot of mixed feelings about it. But it seems to be here to stay. I would, I think so. It's interesting, just in my own 
reflection, thinking back over different many years, how prices would go up and then down. And people would think, oh, either way. But I have noticed that although things go down, the climb continues to go up. And the support does, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and it seems like more and more of the, you know, old old guard is reluctantly acknowledging the inevitability of cryptocurrencies. And that is creating a little more of a pathway of opening. I mean, time will tell, but I feel pretty strongly personally that that is the direction that we're going. And I have a small investment that has grown and it's been exciting. You know, it's been really neat to get to learn about something new and to just kind of see where it goes. Yeah, the values do, which they're very much related to values. It is very Tarian because um, uh, uh, the fact that it's interdependent and yet dependent. In, it's independent, interdependent in two ways. And I'm thinking because it's not related necessarily to a, a finite uh, mineral. Mm-hmm. But Although it is, there is- a finite amount of coins, like if we're speaking of Bitcoin, that's partly what makes it valuable is that there's a mining process that extracts, that creates and extracts the coin. And once all of the Bitcoin coins are mined, then that's it. Yes. Which is a simpler process than shells. If we were to go back and think like in the (laughs) Northwest, you know, trading shells, it would mm-hmm. be, well, this shell is more perfect. And then it gets into a value, a uh, judgment call. Mm-hmm. Well, I like this versus right. that, you know, and or potlucks and all these different ways of showing wealth. Because we do have this exchange that we have in this material world. You know, we're not quite caught up with Neptune where we everybody just gives from the life source of love. You know? I mean, we do, but... But it's quantified, qualified. Well, one of the futuristic explanations that I've heard for cryptocurrency is, you know, as we are here, likely on the cusp of space travel and entering, you know, as our species enters space and begins to populate that region, we're going to need to be able to have an exchange of wealth in that circumstance. And you're not going to be bringing, you know, your gold and like, chucking a bag of gold over to the other spaceship like there needs to be an instantaneous safe way to pay people for things in space so you know for what it's worth that's an interesting futuristic thought that's fascinating petra it really brings me right back to how people must have thought in the 1500s back in europe considering the wealth of that of those people they had marco polo had already gone across he had brought in trade there were merchants in other words due to the fact that they could trade with the orient and 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 create uh, ability for artists to exist and and then again the voyages of columbus and whatnot and you can just imagine how people thought of the shock in a sense (laughs) the idea of you know what you just said must be of how they thought which is a fascinating part about how we're living today is that we can reflect back, or I find myself reflecting back, how other whole civilizations must have been created or thinking. I don't know if that helps us embrace the idea of cyber currency and letting go, but the mother of necessity, things will, has a mat, is progressing, yes. 
Well, even when you think back to the introduction of the internet, I mean, I remember hearing on an, on a commercial, somebody giving their web address and thinking that it was like pretentious sounding, <laughs> like how ridiculous they have a web address. Obviously we've come a long way. Now nobody would be caught dead without a web address. And so I think the cryptocurrency is probably along those lines. Like once it gets bigger and gets into place, it'll be like, really, there was an era we didn't have this, you know, because of course now it makes so much sense. But the new and the futuristic is always regarded as sort of foreign and threatening to the status quo, to what is. So it's kind of a weird combo, this Uranus and Taurus, because Taurus is, you know, the one that wants to hold the way that it is for such a long time. And Uranus is like, nope, upgrade now. Yes, and it's perfect, really, when you think about it, because if you're going to do it, you may, you're going to have to break that shell, you know, like the it's little, true. you know, egg and get out. So many mythologies have about eggs breaking out, but so, because it's absolutely right that tar is of the epitome of whole fast. It is earth, it is fixed, but yet, uh, well, that's how the globe was created it was one form of mass and then it broke into these continents and i think africa there's some indication that there's crevices happening on the lower it's a huge continent down oh, in the lower yeah. part like, yeah. like Kenya or something i think i read whether that would be in our lifetime i don't know but still i mean the fact is is that change form breaks yes yes <laughs> exactly right yeah well, again, that number in case, and just reminding people who you're listening to, it is Talk Cosmos Saturdays at 6 p.m. Seattle time. And if you're online, that could be 1150kknw.com. They have a listen button. We have archives at Talk Cosmos. And if you have an app, then it's KKNW. AM, but you can Google all that and find it out. But meanwhile, call in our phone number here. We have a few minutes that we can still take your thoughts. And that's 888-298-5569 for Petra, Tauschert, or myself, Sue. You know, the finance talk leads me back to another thought about Taurus, which is that a, a shadow side of Taurus is acquisitiveness. And... Taurus being such an earth sign, it can span from, you know, I came across a really great quote by J.R.R. Tolkien, who had a Taurus North node, that it is no bad thing to celebrate a simple life. And that's one end of Taurus. And then the other end is losing itself in the, the greed for more, for more, for more, and losing the side of the simple life and seeking security, and thus becoming stagnant and bogged down with kind of an inflexible focus on material possessions. Which reminds me to listen to the roots of the plants that are giving their nutrients to each other so that the whole community uh, survives. Exactly. Because, yeah. Because we, yeah. Again and again, life and nature tells us we need to interact, we need to share, we need to... Um, but hold on. I mean, hold on to one's own form. That's the beauty of Taurus. I mean, it is like make yourself strong. Be of self-worth, which you brought up in the very beginning, and um, is essential. Well, and there's so many ways to define riches. You know, if you get fixated on the bank account, then, you know, you might get stuck there. But having 
you know, waking up having just the right amount of really wholesome food to make a, a meal for your breakfast and start your day and then walk out into your simple garden and inhale the beautiful scent of the flowers and feel the warmth on your skin. I mean, that's a very rich life right there. And I've often thought the most beautiful homes, wherever one travels, what do they have? They have beautiful gardens, lovely plants, and art, both Tarian instinctive forms. True. It is, that's our basics that people want along. And it, what you're saying here too reminds me that the whole idea that Taurus is spirit into matter, we need to really connect that. I know Maurice Fernandez, our wonderful teacher, again and again brings out that split, that split in our in the psyche yep. between spirit and matter that creates so many horrendous failings. So, yeah, it's really something that we're trying to heal, and Taurus is, you know, kind of the spearhead of that healing in some ways. Right. So listening to our body, getting, and if, and if listening is hard, like, okay, what does the hand say? What does the leg say? As you've said, get into the, using nature, earth, uh, eating more vegetables, experiencing the beauty of a flower, just being in that, and the fragments of, of spring, I mean, or maybe autumn if it's down in the lower hemisphere. Mm -hmm. Well, and that, that that generates health. That's our baseline of health right there. You know, when we get around to Virgo, then we're talking about things we need to do to keep that health. But as far as just generating the health, that's Taurus. Ah, good. And food as medicine. Like we don't even need to get past that potentially if we're able to understand that everything we eat is going to send us in one direction or the other. It's very subtle and direct. I mean, it can be, uh, a person can experience that truth immediately, depending on what they eat or drink. It's, it's, and their bodies is very true for digestion you know, um, and how you feel. Mm -hmm. But the values with that, we, we are looking at really, as you brought out, Uranus and Taurus, which will be a, the subject of next week predominantly, but it's so, it's permeating our whole life. It's mm. right at the end of Aries and oh my gosh, around the corner. It's right here in every way. So we are really, and, and Aronis is that great insightful vision, you know, that lightning bolt where suddenly you see it all and then boop, it's gone. So it's, <laughs> you know, maybe it's a matter of memory, but holding on to that vision, because once you see it, it's there. You can't, well, you can try to pretend to deny it. So you can't unsee it. Exact. Exact. So it's really uh, forging us in different manners. Well, and I was giving some thought to the combination of Uranus in Taurus and then Saturn in Capricorn, which <clears throat> Saturn's going to move on more quickly. Uranus will be there longer, but for a period of time, we're going to have this, you know, at least by sign trine of these earth signs. And I came across a really great quote from Robin Williams in Dead Poets Society, that old movie. Yes, that's, that's yes, a good one. Yes. And he says, medicine, law, business, engineering, those are noble pursuits and necessary to sustain life. But poetry, beauty, romance, love, these are what we stay alive for. Oh, Petra. 
that's absolutely <laughs> true. <laughs> the heart comes in, and that's Venus, isn't it? It exactly. just pulls it. It's so strong. And there's, I'm going to, I jotted that. There's an app. I, I just noticed this. I did want to bring it up. It was just brought to my attention where you can take a photograph of a plant and it quickly identifies it. Isn't that so great? <laughs> I, I haven't looked at it. That's wonderful. Does it give any of the medicinal factors or is it? I think the, there's different ones. There's probably somebody out there that's doing the medicinal. But, you know, it's it's a hop, skip and a jump if you can ID the plant to figure out what its medicinal properties are. And that in itself is that technological advantage because if we're really getting more familiar with plants, we'll know what we're looking at. It's just like in our news where suddenly over the last 20 years we've become acquainted with all these names of, of parts of the globe where perhaps we weren't conscious of and um, more involved. But the same with plants. So if one has this kind of leaf or that kind of family, you know, or uh, it's important and it has distinction and what will live naturally, like in other words, drought resistant plants that's mm -hmm. so important. Even in even in Seattle, our little community of <laughs> We're thinking drought rather than. Why not? I can't believe you're dealing with drought. But it is, I mean, it's, there's a band, like, it's not just drought. It's like, how much heat can it take? How much cold can it take? How much wet can it take? How much dry can it take? Like, that's, that's the magic of the plants. And sometimes you can convince them to be in a place that they wouldn't normally be. But Ultimately, we're all trying to really thrive where we are, and that's something that we can learn from plants. I mean, as a longtime gardener, I have come to the point of it's a, it's a little bit, it's not quite thrive or die, but it's close. It's like, all right, plant, you know, yes. <laughs> are you here in my garden? If so, then let's do this. And if not, I'm not going to worry about it. It's okay. I don't have to have every plant in my garden, although sometimes I feel like I do have every plant in my garden. <laughs> and you do. Yeah. That, that, that's a perfect example. And I, and I, empathize I too love plants uh, but that's very true if for the the strength of its natural ability and we ourselves we have in that area of life where we can use our talents it, it's amazing to experience just as I'm doing this radio show to realize that very natural parts of myself that I've used in other areas suddenly it's like oh boy I get to do this you know make my lists and research it's <laughs> perfect for you it's exciting yeah so it's just like a plant you know like mm -hmm. for all of us to realize um with food or and who knows maybe we will be on Mars <laughs> changing <laughs> yeah I kind of hope that's after my time. <laughs> well, I agree. I used to think until I really began realistically about it. And I love this earth. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm, we have me too. everything about it, nature in every form. I'm a huge fan. And I think the value of our earth as we get closer to each other, I trust we do go more through this Venus where we can really share how we can share with each other and help because it isn't really a finite issue of just so much. There is yet life does the sunlight, it, it, the water, the system, you know, it, 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 it perpetuates the uh, propagation of life and we can join that force. 
Well, people, you're listening to Talk Cosmos with Petra Tauschert. And once again, Petra is an evolutionary astrologer and has a site online, PetraTauschertAstrology.com. She gives readings. She's a writer, an artist, does heirloom magic blog, new moon and face, not Facebook. <laughs> Thank you. But anyway, full moon astrology and master gardener. Next week, we're not signing off yet, but next week, June Rose Trimbach of Seattle, an astrologer who has a radio show herself. It's a, a pod called uh, Hollow Earth. We'll be speaking about Uranus, such as we have today. It's a big subject. And, and somewhat about the mythology, too, more based on it. So do tune in. And you can look at any of our archives. We've started in Aries. So we're not taking any calls at this time. But remember, at any point, we're always glad to receive calls during the half hour. So Petra and I will continue. And this is Talk Cosmos on 1150.com. 1150kknw.com. 6 o'clock p.m. Seattle on Saturdays. Do you have a favorite seed that you have in your garden that you feel is really a generous plant that helps all your other plants? Well, that's a good question. You know, calendula is quite an enthusiastic and sweet and welcome plant that moves around my garden a lot. And it's a very cheerful plant. If if you've ever seen it, it comes in shades of it ranges from a pale kind of peach to a dark, dark orange and everywhere in between. And it's a daisy-like flower, like like a little mini sunflower. And it's, you know, it heals the stomach. It heals the skin. It has a lot of <clears throat> really, you know, immediately helpful effects. And that one just happily moves around my garden. I love that description, Petra. Cheerful. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> I know, and the colors, of course, I happen to love these colors. Orange is a great balancer. I've understood. I've done some color there. Yeah, at one point I was looking around my garden and I realized that there wasn't a lot to distinguish what century we were in because, you know, the plants that I'm growing are plants that are, you know, many of them heirloom plants that have been grown in like cottage gardens, which is gardens for centuries. And my edges are rocks and wood. And so there isn't, you know, it's, it's a continuum handing down this Torian like art and craft through the years, through the seeds, through the gardeners, through the plants, through the heart. It is, uh, you know, and when I came back here, I'm trying to figure out my sentence. I apologize. We left Seattle for some time, and when we came back 10 years later, it was as though I had seen it brand new, almost like Rip Van Winkle. The trees were enormous. They had really done a lot of work, the city, to plant in areas. But it was the plants and the trees and the gardens. It was though there was a vendor that had come by with a palm tree or a maple, like a little Japanese maple, and they were everywhere. And the monkey trees, as we used to call them, I think came from... Australia, we're hardly there anymore. And snowball trees, you know, these older plants that oh, yeah. I just love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
I just, I, I love those snowball bushes. I know. And so it's really interesting when you say timeless plants, it, one doesn't think of it, but it is really a cultural event where people get these ideas that they suddenly Seattle has to have palm trees, for instance, which actually, <laughs> oh, I know. Like, wow, who would think? To see Seattle with palm trees. <laughs> I know. Very strange. Obviously, they're dreams. And yet, really, that brings back the fact that plants offer us so much because through if you have a palm tree in your yard or a Japanese maple perhaps part of you is really hankering to be in that location and seeing it every day gives that mm -hmm. that memory yeah I love Washington Seattle gardens whenever I'm up there which is so wonderful I'm always marveling at people's poppies they're just they're so happy and lupin and everything's so lush up there you know, that's you know, true. Sonoma County, we have a period of lushness, but it's it's more, it's it's less of a rainforest. So we have a long, dry, hot spell. So I feel like I'm always trying to, like, pretend like I live in Seattle, even though I really love it here. It is amazing to live in different places because being a Seattleite, I would water in the summer ridiculously. And living down in the warmer climates, those poor plants just... They, they reject it. They, they will die with that much water. But I hadn't thought that poppies needed so much water because I had a neighbor that grew poppies galore. But I always thought poppies were over in other climates. But it is amazing how we think of climates generically as one spot, not realizing the altitude changes the whole Right, and the proximity to water and mist and, you know, all of that. Yes. This has been so much fun with you. I know, this is wonderful. Yeah, and Petra will return in September because Petra is truly a master gardener who understands the healing properties. And as she indicated plants really serve that purpose in our life in many factors and it's a very strong feature that needs to be embraced as we consider our values with plants so this won't be the only time and if anybody wants to re-listen if they came in in the middle of it just go to talkcosmos.com we have past archives we've updating our website so that you can pretty quickly it, it connects you immediately to 1150s archives that we keep and if you're interested in Petra Tauschert, she's also listed there with her a link to her website, which is Petra Tauschert Astrology. And you can receive her readings and other great features and skills that Petra extends. Next week, again, we have Rose Another rose, but it's June Rose. She was actually born in June. Yeah. <laughs> Trimbach. So, thank you. And we have maybe two minutes, and then we'll sign off. Well, I guess in closing, I wanted to say that we, you know, we all have Taurus. So, the Taurus part of us <clears throat> for survival, we need touch. We need our own touch. We need the touch of another we need, you know, holding an animal to be barefoot on the earth. And we need the peace and tranquility among the flowers, literally. Like that is what can help us cope with the stresses of life. 
And it's the simple pleasures. You know, it's a, it's a really rich relationship to God and to God's green earth. <clears throat> so, you know, hang out with your pets, hang out with your plants, take a walk in the woods and turn to nature for Taurus's guru. Absolutely. It couldn't be said more perfect. And I'm thinking, too, as something I heard, if the road ahead is straight, you can look behind you. But if it's curved in front, which it seems like with Uranus it is, you'll derail <laughs> if, you know, looking at the back. So consider as you look at these beautiful plants, the values of life. And we'll see you again. Thank Thanks you. so much, Sue. Yeah. you. Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.